You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 34, as the New York Rangers are off during the All-Star break and Andy and I are going to talk about uh, that extravagant event because extravagant is probably the only word that really described this all-star game. So uh, like every podcast, I have to ask Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. As I had mentioned for the last month and a half, I you know moved into a new apartment. So uh, yeah, so we've just been, we finally got basically everything put away and all the stuff taken care of that just needed work coming in from uh, the last tenants or just that hadn't been taken care of. So yeah, now we're in the fun phase of picking out rugs and new uh, dining chairs and, and bar stools and just, you know, just uh, decor, which is a lot less stressful and more fun because you get to put your own stamp on it. And it's just, yeah, not as much of a pain. Um, although I'm sure it'll be a pain when I'm standing on a step ladder trying to, you know, screw wall anchors in above my head to put things up. But uh, that's fine. I'm it's just it's it's finally, you know, it's a new place, but it's it's feeling every day feels more and more uh, like mine. So that's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm pumped for you. There's nothing there's nothing better than once you realize like, you know, I'm, we're 95 percent there and you do feel like it's home and everything is just kind of broken into and you got your own groove going. Um, Andy, I know we've spoken off the mic. I I I for people that don't know at the shower chaos i'm gonna need a new shower uh bathroom i might as well do the whole thing because the whole thing kind of needs to get ripped up anyway um and i get to pick out new tile you know all new products uh vanity and all that type of stuff so i know the feeling of like picking out all the decor stuff and how that's the the best part of it so i definitely feel for you andy and uh you know i'm excited for you and uh i'm glad the move is finally you know slowly coming to a close here because uh you had a good run i know you dealt with a lot with the painting and you know the the patchwork and stuff like that that needed to get done and and uh you handled it during just uh, a, a tough month where it's it's freezing it's cold we had a storm felt like every single week. So uh, kudos to you, Andy. I hope uh, you and the missus enjoy. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Again, yeah, timing wasn't great uh, in terms of one of the worst months to move. Like you said, just uh, we basically the movers came in right. Not the day of the snowstorm because we pushed it, but 
the next day. So it was still a to do. And yeah, I live in Brooklyn. I don't have a car. So that made things that should have been a lot easier, much harder and getting people to help. But that means opening up your schedule and doing it on their time and just hiring people and letting contractors and uh, painters and uh, yeah, handy men in to, to do work on the apartment. So yeah, it's just a, it was just a hassle. So but yeah, now, now we're more in the fun uh, stage. So knock on wood, barring any problems. So yeah, uh, we're excited. And of course, now I'm finally ready. And of course, there's no Rangers hockey for two weeks. Um, but there is Olympic hockey and we had the all-star game. So uh, yeah, I guess a small consolation prize. Yeah, I do want to talk about the NHL all-star weekend. For me, well, I want to lead off by asking you this, Andy. Are you an all-star weekend type of guy? Um, not really. I, I, I don't, it's hard to say if I, even if I was when I was younger, I think it depends. I was one of the main reasons I was very excited for this all-star game initially is because, you know, before the selections were made, I, I'm like, there's going to be like three or four Rangers here, you know, you'll have, you'll have a, a strong showing from the New York Rangers. So and then you see, yep, Pryder makes it. Fox makes it. Uh, strangely, Shesterkin doesn't make it, but that's fine. I know why they have to try to get. You need a representative from every team, and there are some teams that are having good seasons, but no of their forwards or defensemen are having standouts, or they're just more qualified. So it's like, all right, we'll send the goalie from these two, you know. But right. and then Mika gets voted in to the last man in. So I'm like, this is great. Meek and Kreider, the bromance is going to be there, and they have Foxy there probably do you know either accuracy shooting or some weird passing he probably would have been the one doing the uh where they were at the uh the fountain or or the whatever it's called the the jack of all whatever the, the card thing they had um okay he would have been doing those it would have been cool um but obviously fox gets hurt and mika says he can't go due to personal reasons and i understand why his uh he got married over the summer his wife is a I believe she's a former professional uh, woman's footballer for Sweden, and now she does uh, commentary and broadcasting for uh, football over in Sweden, uh, soccer here in the States. So she works there, so he doesn't get to see her as much. So he wants to go see his wife, which I think legit. That's if you know if that's indeed what's going on. That's legit. So um, yeah, so it was just Crides who went last year. So and obviously. The, when I was younger, it was I was a little bit more like you know, wanted to see the stars, but you know I just I don't know. It's all no one's really trying <laughs> at the game. Everyone's trying more to not to get hurt. But I think I thought it was cool once I was like, oh okay, they're going to invite Zegris, even though he didn't make it. They're going to invite him to do the breakaway. So I knew that was going to be a must watch thing, and they were going to have some other uh, celebrity goalies. Uh, Man on room. Uh, how do you pronounce her name? Rayom. I think uh, Manon Rayom, who's the first, you know, famously uh, played uh, for the or uh, played a period for the um, the Tampa Bay Lightning in the '90s, first uh, female goaltender to do so, and then um, uh, what's his name uh, from from Goon to uh, Wyatt Russell, who's Kurt Russell's son, was in net for, during the breakaway challenge, and then obviously, like I said, Zegris, and then they invited I think Pavel Barber and Always Hockey and a bunch of hockey and influencers and tiktokers and just who make videos with uh, stick skills and stuff so that was cool i was like good you know these you know say what you will but these the, the, these uh, guys and girls are like the best at that type of stuff so you should invite them you know but 
again, it's the NHL. So anything that might sound like a cool idea, they always just in the broadcast, they just all the fun gets sucked out of it by just, I don't know, hitting the nail over the head too many times or, you know, beating the horse to death until you can't even recognize it. And yeah, so I, I, I was in and out. It was on the background while I was doing some other stuff, but I did, I did get to see most of the highlights of what uh, everyone else was talking about. Yeah. So the, the reason why I asked is because I was never really an NHL all-star guy. I mean, when I was younger, yeah, it was cool. And I thought like, you know, the East versus West, I thought that was a great idea. I still think they should probably do something like that, but I get the three on three. It's probably a little bit more fun for the players. And I kind of like the, you know, tournament breakdown, uh, you know, the elimination aspect of it and you move on and you play the other division. That's fun and everything. Um, to be honest, I wasn't really paying much you know, attention to it. And I realized, you know, NFL was in Las Vegas, the NHL was in Las Vegas. And I'm like, wow, actually, this is pretty cool. And like looking at some of the events that they had lined up, I'm like, wow, they really, you know, they up the ante here. Uh, you know, no pun intended for the gambling. Uh, but they, you know, really went over the top. And I thought that it was cool that they customized it to the city that was in. And, you know, one of the first questions I kind of want to, you know, step into Andy here in this whole realm of, you know, what are they going to do next year? Um, do you think that this is a, uh, you know, is this what the future has in store for the NHL all-star where they pick the city and then they customize the games and do a couple of the games customized to the city city that they're in? Uh, I guess it, I think it depends. Some cities lend that better than others. If you have the all-star game in, in New York, you can obviously have so many New York landmarks i wouldn't be surprised if they would do something on the ice uh the skating rink in front front of 30 rock or at central park they could do that but there's also logistical things for that and other cities you know in st louis they do i don't think they did it at the arch but they did uh a thing where they recreated the arch on the ice and all this other stuff so i guess it depends because some cities lend it have more uh you know are just have are, have more notoriety for either landmarks or things they're known for Vegas, obviously with the whole gambling thing is perfect. You know what I mean? Which also so funny that the NHL refused to let Vegas, uh, have any, their, their team branding, anything like to stay as far away from sport, uh, from gambling as it is. And yeah. then a scant four years later, now everything is sponsored by DraftKings and the NHL and it's uh, being legalized everywhere. And yeah, so just how stupid, you know, I still think, you know, Vegas should have just been like the, the aces or something or, you know, but whatever. Uh, or Knights, uh, as in like the Vegas Knights and just, you know, be with an N instead of a K, you know, just like, uh, like nighttime nightlife, you know? Yeah, no, I, I mean, there's a million things that you could do, even like, you know, I don't know, the Green Bay Gamblers or, you know, the Las Vegas Gamblers, something like that. Yeah. You could have come up with something and it's funny that you even say that and one of the events is literally blackjack you know it was yeah. 21 so the whole gambling thing is just you know it's a uh, it's not real it's not even genuine and it was just you know until they saw the money then all of a sudden now it's okay now that the money is coming in from you know these uh gambling websites and uh these you know online uh sports books uh, so another question I had for you, Andy, is, you know, now that I know that you kind of paid attention a little bit to it, but what was your favorite event, uh, of the weekend? Favorite. So they favorite. had like, 
you know, the yeah. fastest skater, the breakaway yeah. challenge. No, I'm just trying to, I, I'm trying to just think, um, I think traditionally, I think it really depends. I mean, like it's one of those things where if I like when, when in years past, if I knew that Chara or Shea Weber was going to be in the competition, then hardest shot I would would be something I was like, I, you know, I want to watch, see if someone could break Chara's record, especially if Chara's there to defend it. Uh, obviously fastest skater you want to, you're always it piques your interest because if McDavid's in it, um, is he gonna, but again, I think even though he's won it three times, it's, he still doesn't hold. I think Larkin still holds the record, although there's still a lot of controversy over, um, you know, him getting a head start and it was like not in the rules and they didn't say or whatever. And then Jordan Cairo won this year. And I think Kreider even beat, beat McDavid this year. Um, yeah, he did. but again, the, the, what I think which people it's, I mean, and I understand why you brand Connor McDavid with skating cause he's a, a phenomenal skater, but I think it's one of those things where, he's the fastest skater in the league with the puck on his stick, you know, but, uh, other than they, you know, they, I, I missed it unless I missed it. Cause again, I wasn't paying full attention. Did they do the, the obstacle course where you're weaving in and out the, the, you, you know, the, the agility drills? No, they didn't. Well, again, cause then they would always have a thing where you have to lift the puck on your stick and the younger guys are excellent at that. And the older guys like couldn't even, Eric Carlson would like just pick the puck up with his hand, with his glove and put it on a stick. Cause he's yeah. like, I can't do this. So, you know, he's not doing, or, you know, but, um, yeah, I think it, like I said, it depends, usually depends on the participants. Like if they said we're doing hardest shot, but we're going to let like Al McInnes and, uh, you know, uh, come out of, uh, retirement and do it i'd be like oh sweet like with a wooden stick like that'd be cool you know or i don't know adam Oates is going to come do a passing thing like that might be cool but i don't know if i have a a favorite i think it's it depends on which which nhlers and stars are going or participating more so than one event that um always trumps it because again it's like if i know they have some heavy hitters in it or i've actually think someone who has a chance of breaking a record or doing something special but because I this year, because I knew Zegras was going to be in it. Yeah, obviously, I wanted to watch what he was going to do in the breakaway. And obviously, he did not disappoint. Uh, that was awesome. And again, this kid, it, all he wants to do is print money for the NHL. And all they want to do is, uh, I don't know, <laughs> uh, not take what the gifts that he gives them with just his orga- being his organic self. Uh, but again, that was very, you know, doing the, the uh, send up to dodgeball was pretty awesome. Obviously, to pull that move off with the blindfold, whether whether you could see through it or not, doesn't matter. Was just I don't super, think he could. I, he I, pro- yeah, no, I, I truthfully don't think he could. I mean, that was unbelievable. Uh, but listen, for me though, that event, I just shake my head. I mean, it's I guess it's fun for like little, the little kids and stuff like that, but it's just really not. It just makes no sense why they do it. Like, it, there's not even real kind. It's just. It's these NHL players, you know, and some of them, you know, I don't think they understand what exactly the point of this was. Like, I felt like, um, oh, I forget who went first. Um, maybe Kaprizov. Well, whoever went first, I forget who it was. They didn't even really do anything. And then you had like Jack Hughes who brought out like a magic box. And then you have, you know, uh, I forget who dressed up as uh um, the guy from The Hangover, and then Alan from The Hangover, and then, it, yeah, yeah the it, and then you had, uh, um, you know, Zegers doing the uh, dodgeball, which was great and all, but then like you have people that like don't do anything, and then someone, you know, 
dresses up as Ovechkin, which is like kind of lame. I just, I don't, I feel like, are we on the same page here? Like as we, a group? I think, like, well, I, I think we, we are James, because like I had mentioned earlier, there are people out there that are pushing the boundaries and they're not, they're not necessarily NHLers. They're, um, you know, they're either influencers or they're former players that now just do this. Uh, so getting those guys involved, it's got to be, I understand why you want to market your own stars. Like I get it. But the same thing is that I would have made it like you have to. I feel like this, the, the, that event was better when they just they got rid of the gimmicks or only one person would do the gimmick, but the rest of them would try to do a move of some sort. So, yeah, it would be interesting if they brought in like strictly stick handing, uh, handling specialists. So you'd have like people that maybe aren't. Like, who knows? They bring in, like, uh, John Shivo or, um, like I mentioned, Pavel. They had Pavel Barber and Always Hockey for some of the festivities. But, um, yeah, it would be cool. <laughs> you know, Robbie Shrimp comes back and does some ridiculousness. You know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, I, I just think, uh, and I understand why they were, they're always trying to spice everything up. But, again, uh, I think everyone, at least everyone older, favorite part of All-Star Weekend was they would do the draft. You know, and everyone would get drunk. <laughs> and obviously, if you were picked last, you got the car. So a lot of guys wanted to get picked last or didn't want to get picked. But also, it was just kind of more of like a popularity contest. And, you know, Kessel getting picked last was always, a, you know, was kind of a meme at the time. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just, it's, yeah. And as, listen, I mean, the, the game itself is always just boring as all hell. Like, I, you know, you watch sometimes and you're just, or I try, you try to watch and you're just, I, there's nothing... You can tell they just they don't care, and then you can tell they kind of care maybe if they're when they're gonna when they change it to three on three the first year it was awesome because you know the teams hadn't really figured out it just in general how to play three on three or how to defend it so it was really wide open and guys were like oh I got some ice to do something cool here you know and the pace was heavy and but then it's just now that a couple of years on everyone knows how to. You know, three on three has been overcoached to death now. So even you see even guys just doing the same defensive structure as they do in a normal, you know, OT of a, a regular season game, three on three and just regrouping. And yeah, just I don't know. It's just going half speed. It's just, yeah, I don't know. The the skills event is usually more intriguing than the, the game itself. And I don't know if there's a fix for that because no one wants to get hurt. I don't want anyone to get hurt trying to go all out at an all star game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, no. But I I do think they could there's different things that they can do to change it up. I mean, personally, like my favorite my favorite event uh I think it was just, you know, how cool it was being out there on the fountain and on the water was the um oh god, what is it? Uh where they had to shoot the pucks onto the, you know, pieces of uh heck was that called? Um the face no. fountain face off. Yeah, they had the floating um, targets, and that was that was. Listen, I, and they were talking about this on another. I think it was you know American uh, Elliot Friedman that you know that's ba- you basically that's so you get the shot, which is a bunch of NHLers, and then you you pan out, and then you get the fountain at the Bellagio. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, you get once you, and once you get your shot, doesn't really matter how good it is. It was the same thing with the Lake Tahoe game. Beautiful vistas, terrible location for or and weather for a hockey game because they were in the midday sun and they were pretty much, you know, like I said, the ice was melting. Like they were almost swimming at the end of it. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So, but yeah, they got, definitely got their shot. So that was impressive. 
And then when they went to the the blackjack thing, I just I, you know, I didn't care about that. But I I did I would say I, I liked it was the Bellagio. I it thought was it was a cool, cool idea. Of, it was a cool idea for the game, but it was just weird. I felt like they those guys truly didn't really want to be there. Like at one point, I think Stamkos was just like, "I'm just looking to leave. I'm freezing." Like you know, just to have that said. I mean, you know, Pavelski obviously winning. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, funny, you know, respect your elders at the end, you know, obviously being clear, uh, the oldest one, although I don't think he's that much older than, uh, Stamkos. Uh, but, um, you know, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought the game itself was cool, but, uh, you know, I feel like they could have changed it up just a little bit, but, you know, obviously it being Vegas and trying to make 21 and the targets and, you know, you see how, you know, accurate they really are. I thought that was really cool. Um, but you know, other than that, um, you know, fastest skater. I don't know that one for me could could leave. I don't really care. It's just a lap around the ice, and I mean, it's basically the same thing every single year. Like, there's nothing different. If you're gonna want to, if you want to just make that like a different type of obstacle course every year, I think that would be fun. I think the players should have a puck on their stick instead of just skating because you know, as much as it is cool to see how fast they can go it's just really you know it's kind of just a letdown every year it's the same right around the same time every single year it's the same players um i would like to see them do it with a you know it's a skills competition so let's put a puck on their stick and see what they do with a puck instead so um what else what else uh there's one more thing i really wanted to touch on oh the fact well, do you have something to say? No, I was just I was speculating what it, what it, you might be uh, thinking about, but I want to hear what you have to say. No, uh, I thought it was good that they brought out some of the NFL stars. I know NFL All Star Weekend. You know the Vegas Raiders were there, um, so they had some of the you know Raiders players, uh, the tight end Waller, uh, the QB I forget his name, and yeah. Hunter Renfrew, uh, the receiver there. Uh, but I thought that was cool. I mean, whenever you can bring in a more, very, very more popular sport, uh, you know, that always helps. And I think with ratings and clicks and just engagements online and stuff like that, I think that's big for the NHL. But, uh, you know, other than that, Andy, I I don't know. Do you have anything else? Sebastian Ajo goes four for four on the targets. That's, you know, obviously old school game. That's never going to go away and and nor it should, shouldn't. Um, It's just fun trying to see them go. It's amazing how some can go four for four and then you get guys that literally, you know, dry idle couldn't even hit the net for, you know, half his shots. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because some especially when you see some of the best players in the world struggle with things. But at the same time, you have to remember that some of these guys and this is going to be nerdy territory here. But, you know, sometimes guys hockey sticks are meant to be shot they are maybe more crouch shooters they shoot in motion more they're like off foot shooters and then it, it's some guys might have a higher lie it just makes it easier to to and more act be more accurate with a puck when you're standing in, in sneakers you know what i mean on a floating platform or whatever you're doing you know um and yeah and just uh, sometimes it's just guys are more <laughs> for whatever reason it's like they're too they're totally comfortable in a game but when it comes to being at the all-star game where it's more about like you know, where they, they're not tuning out the noise where like they are in a game where you're just kind of more engrossed in the game. Uh, it's harder. So, yeah, again, it's like you take it with a grain of salt. You know what I mean? It's like I know just because Jordan Kyrie wins the fastest skater, I don't think that means he's a better skater 
than uh, uh, Connor McDavid, but that just means he's still really, really fast. You know what I mean? Um, and, or he just, for whatever reason, he hit the turn better. You know, and, and that could be a lot of things. That could be like, oh, well, maybe just the hollow on his, he's got a little bit deeper hollow, it, it, so he doesn't slide out as much, and he's got more control coming out of the corner. Whereas a guy like McDavid, who might have a low one, it's like he's got to be real careful because it like helps him in terms of agility, but it also might makes it easier for his legs to go out from under him. So he's got to be more careful, you know? So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, there's a million reasons why for that, that can happen. Um, you know, and listen, Aho is awesome, but we've seen Dreisaitl just score some absolute snipes this year, you know? So. Yeah, no, it, it just, it's just funny. I, I think truthfully they get into an area where it's like, they know it's embarrassing and they can't help it. And then they go into not caring. I think there goes roller coaster of emotions going through their head where they're just like, you know, screw this. I'm still an all-star. I'm still the best. And then they're like, why can't I get this? Like, what the hell's wrong with me? And they're getting to their own head. Um, it's just funny to see. But yeah. uh, I, and before we do move on, I, it's obviously we should. You got to give Kreider props for doing the, uh, the Kucherov on Vasilevsky. Oh, that yeah. Obviously, that got a little bit of a viral traction because, again, it's, you know, his own team. Kucherov is Vasilevsky's teammate. And just to do that was a it was just kind of cheeky, 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 cheeky. And Chris Kreider is not known for his hands. But this year he's, you know, the way the guy's going this year, he's he can you think he could do almost anything he wants just because that's where his confidence levels at. You know, it only took him till he was 30. But uh it's yeah, almost it's the perfect see. move for him because he actually removes his hands from the equation. Exactly. I, I think <laughs> I think that's why he's I think he's really just realized, you know, he always says it in, in the post games. I'm a backstop for other skilled players. But, you know, you see the pass, he the goal he buries in the game off of a feed from Hughes where he just literally stops and makes himself flat as possible. So pucks ricochet into the net off of him. He just, you know, great understanding of physics. Chris Cryer, though, we know he is very intelligent, so. He finally just figured how to out how to incorporate that into his game, and here we are, uh, or here here he is, you know, having the season he's having. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl Fifty Six, is giving new customers fifty six to one odds on either team. Bet just five dollars and get two hundred and eighty in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56, where new customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, you can call or text TN Redline at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK. All right, the last thing I kind of want to touch on, uh, the kind of underlying theme of the entire All-Star 
weekend and event, whether that was the skills competition or the uh, the actual game itself, was you know the the inevitable trade of uh, Claude Giroux. He's obviously the talk of the town. I think he's the biggest asset that we everyone knows is going to get traded. Um, you know, they kind of hinted at, you know, him and Philadelphia really need to speak. It's inevitable that Giroux is going to get traded, correct? Oh, yeah, he's definitely going to get traded. I mean, and just the way he, I mean, you know, obviously it's very easy to read into narratives that you want to read into. But when I was watching this, you almost, and the fact that he was maybe putting on a little bit extra in the All-Star game, there was a part of me that's like, this is guy wants to show other teams that I can contribute and still be a pretty valuable player and it, you know it's sad or you know he probably wanted to represent the flyers well one last time it wins mvp but yeah you know he's um yeah he's on his way out i assume so yeah i mean at the same time i feel like it, it just colorado just seems too much of a foregone conclusion that they're gonna they're gonna trade for him um but yeah i don't know i i mean i would hope the rangers were in on it Although it, I guess as far as the Rangers go, is it smarter to go for a Claude Giroux type now or is it smarter to, you know, in a season like this where you're maybe a little ahead of schedule just based on the play of your goaltender? Do you maybe build more smartly and then you waste assets on the, you know, the aging over the top type player? Because, uh, yeah, Colorado can afford to go for the they don't need too much. A guy like Giroux is just to kind of put them over the top, basically, where the Rangers Although he would help them, it's is it is are they a Claude Giroux away from winning a Stanley Cup? I don't necessarily think so. So is it smart to go for that type of player now, or do you wait for the over the top ad? You know, when you it's pretty clear that this Rangers team is one of the the best teams in the league. So uh, it's hard to know. But again, it's also hard to know what assets teams are going to give up for Giroux and what the uh, Flyers are looking for. Or obviously, I'm sure they would much rather send send him out west than trade him within their division. Because that's a thing. I don't know why you would think you'd want to uh, maximize your assets instead of being like, I don't want to, you know, I guess I think it's more for they don't want to be confronted with their own failure <laughs> more than once a, a year, you know, or twice a year, I should or season, I should say. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. For whatever reason, it just, it, I, it just drew and the avalanche just, it seems like it's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, and I totally agree with you, and and I, I do understand the the visuals and the you know the negativity that could bring to an organization if you trade within, um, you know your own division or even your own city, as in you know maybe the New Jersey Devils, New York Rangers, New York Islanders, and Philly's even right there. I mean, it's it's super close. Uh, you know, the two markets, you know, have a sense of rivalry. So you know, I I totally understand that. Uh, some of the bigger names too, and um. Thomas Hurdle, Phil Kessel, Joe Pavelski, and Klingberg, you know, those are, you know, the biggest names that I've seen on the, on any, you know, rumor or discussion board. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously the, the biggest goalie uh, possibly to move, even though I do remember a lot of people basically saying that puts, you know, Chicago easily in the playoffs because now they have the best goalie in the whole world. So uh, just very confusing why they'd give him up. Uh, but, you know, Andy from, and I'm being uh, sarcastic, Andy, if, if you uh if you're you know looking at that board you know Thomas Hurdle's obviously a guy that the Rangers could could use Phil Kessel we've obviously spoken about uh but what you know Joe Pavelski you know what do you think and even John Klingberg as a uh 
as a possibility. Do you see any of these bigger names coming to New York or do you really truly think that, you know, like we've spoken about, they're going to go with the non-sexy depth player uh, that they can add on the defensive end and the for, uh, forward end. Yeah, you know, I I just again, and I touched on it a few minutes ago. Is that I, I like like everyone. I like when you make the sexy ad. If you said Joe Pavelski's coming here, you'd be like, oh, that's awesome. You know, still an awesome player, but is again, he's a guy who's up there. And if the Rangers don't get it done with him in their lineup this season. Are they a Joe Pavelski away from winning uh, the cup? I don't know. I I would say probably not. And then he comes back next season. All of a sudden, what if he doesn't? Father Time finally says, okay, you're 30, you know, eight or however some odd years old you are. Uh, Now you're going to look, you know, already not a very fast player, but clearly very smart player. You just, it's it's a gamble. Whereas, you know, maybe adding a Arturi Lekanen or an Andrew Kopp from Winnipeg isn't the sexiest move, but you understand that because of their age and that they can actually contribute and be a building block moving forward than just putting, uh, you know, the cherry on top of a cake that was hastily assembled. You know what I'm saying? So it's tough. I do. I obviously my head hopes that Drury is smart and any ad he makes is, you know, I would almost rather him give up a little bit more for a younger player who they believe in with with some sort of term than someone who would a, either A is is you know, father time is against them, or B, they are uh they're able they're gonna walk to their next contract in a season as just a pure rental. You know what I mean? That could just leave and then you gave up all that assets for in a season where you're you were pretty much buoyed by by excellent goaltending, you know? So um, yeah, so I, I mean, obviously, I'm a little skittish. You know, Drury has already shown that when he wants something, if there's an asset he wants, he doesn't really concern himself too much if whether or not he gets, uh, he, you know, he'll, he'll overpay for something. He doesn't really seem to, to get too hung up on that. And it, you know, it, it, even though it's, obviously the season is working out for the Rangers this year, you still say in a, in a vacuum, like, oh, he didn't get good value for, for, uh, um, Bushnevich and he overpaid some of the younger the guys and that might not be a problem this season, but it could be a problem moving forward. So yeah, you just hope whatever happens, it's a, a shrewd, smart move that brings him closer, you know, not just this season, but in subsequent seasons. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, I'll kind of wrap things up here. I, I, I really do for the first time in a long time, I, I, actually believe that the Rangers are not going to go after that, you know, that rental player or a player that has, um, you know, kind of a, a farewell, uh, you know, tour written on his chest, meaning like, you know, Pavelski's clearly chasing a cup and he'll go wherever, you know, he has the best chance if he even wants to leave Dallas, which is also a big possibility where he just says, you know what, I'm happy where I am. My family's happy where I am. Uh, you know, I, I love living here and, you know, it's not worth it to me to, you know, just leave them for the time being to go chase a cup. I mean, fair enough. But I do think that the Rangers, I'd rather than make a bunch of moves to bring in depth players rather than, you know, go all out for a player with an $8 million cap hit and we got to figure out how to move and shuffle around some pieces and then kind of let them go next year because we really can't afford them. It's just, it. I just feel like we, we don't need to make this any more complicated than it needs to be. The Rangers are depth players away from a Stanley Cup. They are not a 
you know, Phil Kessel or Claude Giroux or Joe Pavelski, you know, or a hurdle away, you know, those players, if you want to add them at the end of a, a true, you know, when you have your roster set, right. And you find your depth players and whether that be next year or the year after, then those are the guys that you might want to go after just to really put you over the top. But like I said, it's really not worth for the Rangers to, you know, waste away assets on something that's only going to be here short term. I totally agree with you that you want some uh, term in these contracts or, you know, you got a guy that might be at the end of his contract, but is clearly willing to sign a deal with you at the end of the season, uh, you know, for some long term and be a part of this core group going forward. So. Um, Andy, you got anything else? No, just that in saying that you now know that, uh, the Rangers are going to spend like, you know, two first round picks and, 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 uh, and <laughs> a prospect we really don't want them to give up for like JT Miller as like a rental or something. <laughs> and he's going to come back for, you know, he's going to dog it, uh, for <laughs> the playoffs and then just walk somewhere else. Cause he still has a lot of spite for the Rangers. So it just feels like a foregone conclusion after we s- summed up our, that them trying to do something level-headed you just know now they're going to do the opposite but you know i mean it is fun to think about this team adding uh the, some of those players i mentioned you may you know the more marquee guys that are should that could should be available uh again you know i guess the, the tough part is is that our you have to think about which teams truly at least in the west truly feel they're out of it because yeah, I don't know. As it stands today, it doesn't. See, it's still not as buttoned up as it he- is here in the Eastern Conference, or you know, some teams. Even though they're they're ten points out for whatever reason, they still kind of, you get the sense they still kind of feel they're in it. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, well, they kind of are. Like, if you well, they are. I mean, again, so the, the second wild card spot is is, is Cal- the last wild card spot is Calgary with fifty two uh, points in the West and. But they have, yeah, so they have a game in hand on Dallas, who has 48 points, uh, and the Sharks. All the, the Sharks have played 46 games, so they actually have a couple of games in hand on, they played a couple more games than everyone else. But So yeah, I guess they're not technically out of it, but it, it, is, it is that time where the separation is growing. Man, I, I'm still really, I don't want to say surprised, because they did make some good ads, but you know, LA is having a pretty underratedly sneaky good season i mean obviously everyone is saying that because they are in second in the pacific but uh yeah man uh didn't i didn't see that shift coming so quickly and the ducks too you know the fact that if you told me last season that la and the ducks would be two and three in the pacific you know i would probably not with one of them guaranteed to go uh to the second round if uh the playoffs were to start today yeah uh that's pretty yeah that's pretty good again sometimes it uh, and that's the funny thing is that if they play, if I'm them, I want to stay second or third. I would not want to be first place because mm-hmm. honestly, if they if they finish first and they had to play, uh, I would rather play each other than have to play either one of the Blues of or uh, the Flames. You know, if you're Vegas, you got to look at. <laughs> I would like Vegas right now. Uh, will play that first wild card spot. Vegas against St. Louis to me is a toss up, but you know, Vegas against a, a, an LA or an Anaheim, I, I would put Vegas as a heavy favorite against those two teams. So it, it is weird how, it, you know, the West is kind of set up right now. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, Dowdy versus Kachuk in the playoffs would be amazing. Yes. And yeah. So, 
but yeah, I, we'll, we'll see. There's still a half a season to play here, uh, technically. Um, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, now that this podcast is ending, I'm now realizing just how long you and I and everyone else listening has to wait for Rangers hockey. It's making me a little depressed. We're going to have to come up with uh, something fun for our next episode. We got some Olympic hockey, though. We got right Olympic hockey is right around the corner. We're going to get into that, Andy. I've been watching uh, the Canada and the U.S. women's teams just put absolute beatings on on their competition so far. So uh, just getting warmed up, you know. But um, yeah, no, that'll be fun. And especially once, uh, you know, uh, once we get more games going here against some uh, more even competition. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I'm excited uh, to get into this swing. I'm definitely more excited for the women's and the men's this year. And that's listen, that's no offense to some of the, the men's teams that are coming, but just I don't know. I I don't I don't know if it's petty, but like, yeah, I guess once with the NHL pulling out, it just I, I agree know, with watching you. Eric Stahl try to like revive his career. Again, I, I'm much more interested in seeing or seeing, you know, Canada and the U.S. women's team, you know, as they've been literally going back, just doing battles for ages because they're, I would say the rest of the other women's uh, teams are not on the same and even playing field with them yet. So it's just them battling for uh, supremacy. And it's always just a lot of fun. And obviously, uh, when the U.S. won the last goal, that was an awesome game just to end in a shootout uh, was amazing, you know, so. Yeah, that that I'm really looking forward to. My wife absolutely loves uh, skate, figure skating, and para skating, so she's watching it as we speak. Um, nice. So we have Peacock too, which is nice. So we can, uh, if I miss it, you can just watch the replays. Although they don't have any commentary on the Peacock replays, which is very weird. So watching hockey games without uh, commentary, very strange. <laughs> that is that is strange. You would think they would just put the original commentary. Yeah, I don't know it. what the real is. Uh, unless there's maybe like there's an option for it that I'm missing. So if I am someone, if someone watches is currently watching the Winter Olympics on Peacock replays, uh, you know, tweet us at Broadway Boys uh, Pod on Twitter and let me know if there's some sort of secret audio caption menu I'm missing. So yeah. All uh, right. Yeah. All right, Andy. So I got I got nothing else. Uh, we'll get into the Olympic hockey uh, on the next podcast for sure. Um, but I, I, you know, send us off here, Andy. Yeah. Uh, if you do like the All Star Game, that's great. I would love to rediscover some of that childhood magic. And again, I don't know what the fix is. Every time I'm watching it, I'm always trying to think what would what would be the fix here if I'm bored. Uh, if I'm ever watching, yeah, anything or they're just. The ta- the commentators are just over over you know word salading over when they should just be shutting up and letting uh, the, the players do their thing. Is there a way to streamline it? What are the things we like? Um, so yeah, I'm sure in the in the come the off season we'll probably do an episode on fixing the All Star Game because there, I'm sure there's people have great ideas out there. And again, we as we can see with Trevor Zegers doing that awesome move and Kreider uh, doing the you know, the Kucherov there, there are some awesome little fun little moments that come out of this. It's just, you gotta, they have to figure out how, to, and obviously when a few seasons ago with John Scott, Scott, his just participation alone in that organic storyline, um, just kind of made the event more of a must see. And again, that was an organic moment that was created by the fans. Go figure. That's the best thing to come out of the competition. Um, so yeah. So again, we'll probably have to make that a future episode, but 
yeah, I, I hope you, everyone enjoyed the All-Star game. It's, it'll be fun to see, you know, half. It'll, it'll be interesting to see some teams have to make games while the rest of the league, probably jealous while the rest of their uh, fellow teammates are, or not teammates, but other teams are sitting on beaches, you know, sipping out of coconuts now because uh, they, they get it off and other teams have to make up games to COVID. So, uh, yeah, I guess the countdown clock to Rangers hockey starts now and uh, it's already too long for my liking. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.